Good evening. Today is Wednesday, March 9th, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is Into Action, Step 10, and our speaker tonight is Abby S. Thank you, Abby. Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Abby S. I am recovered in Michigan. Grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. A little bit about me. I'm a recovered bulimic, restrictor, overeater, exercise addict, and I've also used substances to curb my appetite. Um, I've been in OA since 2016. I am currently, I currently have three and a half years of recovered abstinence. Um, So of the five years I've been here, the first year and a half was recovery, but I had a really bad relapse. Um, Today, I live in a healthy, comfortable body, free of food, weight, and body obsession, and living joyfully and usefully most of the time. Um, Since coming into OA, I've gone through a lot of milestones in my life. I have um, gone to grad school. I've worked multiple jobs to get through grad school. I've moved across the country, um, left jobs got new jobs. Um, I have lived as a single person. I've con- I have navigated the world of dating um, while abstinent. Um, I have mean like managed a relationship without trying to manage and control it. Um, I got engaged. I'm currently getting married in September. I've um, I have I've gotten a puppy and lived on three hours of sleep for a long time. <laughs> it felt like a long time. It was probably just like a couple months, but um, you know, I've navigated a lot of trials. Um, we were house hunting, that was a trial in itself. We bought a house that was like financial fear galore. Um, and I've I've done all of this abstinent. Um All of these things have brought up a lot of emotions. And in order to deal with these emotions, I needed the steps of this program. Um, One thing that I did when I came into OA, I never stopped working the steps. So I never stopped taking action, um, even when I would consider, even through what I would consider the worst relapse. That was in 2018. I hope I never go back to that place. thinking about that horrible time really like lights the ignition for me to continue to like focus on the steps. Um, on bit in the big book on page 43, it says most alcoholics have to be pretty badly mangled before they really commence to solve their problems. And this last relapse showed me that. And I just pray God don't ever take me back there, but it is up to me to do the work. And so living in a recovered state, it's extremely important for me to do step 10. Um, Step 10 is probably my favorite step of them all. Um, I learned early on that it worked. I was not even through my steps and I had a like massive issue come up, emotional issue come up. And I had a plate of food in front of me and I was not recovered yet. And I called someone who navigated me through the 10th step. And um, I can't remember if I was like, it was like 
either I hadn't finished my inventory or I wasn't quite there yet on step four. I don't remember how it worked, but all I know is I was not on step 10 and someone taught me how to do like how to take care of an actual real life problem in like real time and it having a direct, a direct effect on me not eating that food in front of me. And like, that was the biggest mind blowing thing for me that like, how could, how could doing this step take away my desire to eat? Like, I just, I did not understand how it worked, but I don't keep doing things unless they work. I'm a selfish person. So I'm like, you know, I got the spiritual benefits from it. I got the peace and the serenity and another day of sobriety. And so I just remember that being a very pivotal moment that I realized that step 10, taking care of my emotional nature could help me not compulsively eat. And so um, why I have to do this on page 15 of the big book, it says, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed with us. It's just like that. So if I am not working on my spiritual condition through work and work, meaning like to me, that means like doing 10 steps, like it is work to like inventory myself. Like it does take work to pause and to pick up the phone and to admit my wrongs and then to be of service to someone else. It does take time and it takes work, but it says right here, if I don't, I will surely die. And like, I guess I'll choose, I guess I'll choose the other option. Um, so, and then it says on page 43, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink. His defense must come from a higher power. And I know that I, I will, there will be a time and place where I have no mental defense. All the willpower in the world cannot muster up enough strength for me to not pick up that first bite. So I could be caught off guard at any time and place. And so I just need my spiritual life to be in order, in order for that not to happen. Um, so that's the why of it. And so I'm, I'm going to lead into the how. And so um, step 10 starts on page 84. And it says, suggests, which is interesting, like the word suggests, uh, I heard, you know, when you jump, like, a, if you're, um, if you're skydiving, it's like suggested to pull the, the parachute. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to pull the parachute. Um, so it suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. Um, instantly, I think about work. I'm a teacher and um, I I'm constantly making amends at work, like just for my reactions and like no little thing, like to me, when I think like, oh, I, I kind of like, you know, I use the wrong tone of voice there. Um, I think to myself, like the first thought is always, it's not that big of a deal. Like just, you'll forget about it. Two seconds later, I'm like, I am not forgetting about this. Like, this is going to eat me. 
I better apologize. And I think it's so wonderful because in my classroom, it's first grade. So these little kids are, they're just like such sponges. And I just like, I just find moments where we, I can like teach life lessons and be like an appropriate, like role model. And, um, there was this lesson, um, about like how to make an apology. And I literally used like my amends process to like write out the steps of like how I can make an apology to them, like admitting where I was wrong, suggesting what I'll do next time or what I'll try to do next time. And then like asking them if there was anything that I can do to make it right with them. And this is the same process I did in my amends, what I learned with my sponsor. And, um, so, you know, we have, we call it our four-star apology. And, uh, you know, if you do each step, you get four stars. And it's so cute to see, like, you know, I use four-star apologies, like, but it's really me working my program. And um, and so I just, I just love, like, being able to, you know, use the program in all of our, in all areas of our lives with my fiance, like, it's to the point where like, I'll come to him and I'll say, you know, can I make an amends? At first, I don't even know if he knew what an amends was. Like, I think I was using more terms of like, I, you know, I'm sorry or apology or whatever, but now he knows like what amends means. And uh, he said to me one time, um, that's okay. I knew that you would make amends. <laughs> and um, I knew that you were about to come make amends or something. And, um, and it's beautiful because when I admit that where I'm wrong, like, even if the other person is at fault, like, I don't, I don't mention like what they did, you know, I have to just mention what I did. And oftentimes like the year, like it says in the big book, like the years of feuding, like it falls away because the other person will, will then, you know, mention their part with no, no prodding on my end. And so, um, Anyways, I'm just going to continue. It says we have entered the world of the spirit. So I have entered like in the spiritual world where I am no longer the runner of the show. I'm no longer. That's um, thank you. I'm no longer like calling the shots. Like I have entered into a fourth dimension where my principal employer is God. And so how am I showing up in this world? Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. It's definitely not some, like, this is not an overnight matter. Like there's some times where I'm like, I got this. And then I realize I owe an amends and I'm like, I don't got this. Like, it just brings me right back down to like humility of like, Yep. Like I'm still, I'm still reactive. I'm still super sensitive. I'm still, you know, I'm still all of these things, but luckily I have like the direct instructions of what to do. So it says, continue to watch for selfishness, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, one, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and we make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So the first thing I need to do is I need to pray and I need to ask God to remove it. Um, I am so grateful for this program and the apps available today that I can just jump on and ask for a 10 step. Like if I was living 
like when this book came out, like, I don't know how people did 10 steps. Um, but I feel like I'd be running around just like telling strangers, like the things I'm doing and like admitting my wrongs to like anybody that I come in contact to but with, but now it's like, I'm so grateful for these groups that I'm a part of. Like I can say, I need a 10th step. Is anyone available? And like within minutes, you know, like, thank God for that. Like I have been saved where then I can then go to work. Like if something's happening before work, I can then like go to work and function as a normal person instead of like using all that energy in my, that I had bottled up for my resentments. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just super grateful. So I can at once discuss them with someone immediately. And then quickly, like I determine, do I make an amends? And it's like most of the time, yes. Or it's like a living amends. Um, and then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone that we can help. So after I, you know, try to be helpful to someone else like this, this step literally prevents me from isolation. Like I have my dogs, my dog wants some attention. Um, come here. This, um, this step literally prevents me from isolation. I need someone else to be able to tell too. And then I also need someone to help after. So my natural tendency of, you know, isolate doesn't exist with a proper step 10. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol for this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as if a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor had been given given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. And okay, the first part of this, we have seized fighting anything or anyone, like anyone, like I can't even engage in like some arguments, like, or some gossip at work. Like I can't, or like, I can't be resisting. Like, no, like it says I have seized fighting anything. So when I want to be right in my relationships, it's like, do I want to be right? Like really? Cause then it comes with like not being in this, not living in the spiritual realm, or can I just like stay quiet and like, let the peace flow through me to let the situation settle. And, you know, can I, can I use that instead of like fighting? Like when I'm fighting, it's really a sign that I need to like, just stop and pause. And, um, I love how it talks about this, like this automatic neutrality. Um, I do remember, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but I remembered the point when I realized it was happening, um, where I could finally walk through the kitchen without wanting what was on the table. I lived in a place, um, with 14 people. That's a whole other story for itself. When I first got abstinent, I lived in a house with 14 people and I would walk through the kitchen with looking at my feet and not like not looking around at all. I had to like make amends to other people for stealing food. Like it was, it was ridiculous, but I would go through the kitchen and pretty much with like straight shot to like make my meals and get out of there as soon as I could, as soon as I can. Five minutes remaining. Okay. Thanks. 
this is my puppy. Um, she she just needs to be on my lap. So um, anyways, I remember the first time where I walked through and I didn't want what was on the counter. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, it's the first time I can go in a kitchen, you know, and people wouldn't understand that unless like they had my disease, you know, like how excited I could be to go through the kitchen without like feeling like I was gonna, you know, be like just magnetically attracted to all these things that were killing me. And, um, and I just want to tell a story. So, um, I'm not, if I'm in a sane fit spiritual condition, meaning if that day, if I'm, if I have done my 10 steps and I've done my prayer meditation, if I feel in alignment with God, then I am in a safe, I am safe and protected. Um, there are days where I don't feel safe and protected and I don't put myself in situations where there would be like, you know, a lot of like temptations or, you know, like just when, when I'm not feeling safe and protective, there are times where I just choose to stay home, go on a meeting, sponsor more, um, you know, just take care of myself. But I, we had a, we had a birthday party for my dog. <laughs> Sorry that she's barking right now. Um, I had a birthday party for her and we, um, we got this like beautiful substance that I can't have. And it was beautiful. And I could acknowledge that it was like beautifully created and my family was enjoying it. And, um, and it was like a celebration of family and I didn't want it. Like I didn't resent it. I didn't want it. And those are the moments that I'm truly grateful for. And, um, you know, it wasn't always like that. It definitely was not always like that. I'd say like more recently, especially it's very neutral, but it says that, um, it says the problem we have not even sworn off. So I didn't like swear it off and say like, I'm not going to go for that. I'm not going to look at that. It just happened. And instead the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor we are afraid. That is our experience that that is how we react so long as we keep in spit in not in spit so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition and then it goes on to say that it is easy to let up on this spiritual program if we rest on our laurels we are headed for trouble if we do for alcohol is a subtle foe we are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. So it gives me direct instructions on how I can use my willpower that I feel like I have sometimes, you know, this like extreme desire to get my way and all this energy I put into maintain, like watching what everyone else is doing and, you know, making sure everyone follows my script and having this plan, but like not delivering them like the script, but then getting mad that they aren't following it. And, um, I heard someone say that the other day and I was like, wow, that's really true. And um, you know, all that energy I can actually put into good use. It's the proper use of the will to constantly be trying to do God's will. So like I can use all that energy 
to do step tens. I can use all that energy to, to build a routine, to pray and meditate, to wake up early, to make sure that I'm making my phone calls, you know, and um, it says much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed his directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have been God, we have become God conscious. We God conscious. We have begun to, to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further. And that means more action. And it goes on to talk about prayer and meditation. But what I love is that it says if we carefully follow directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. And I can honestly say, like when I am admitting my wrongs, um, I am feeling the flow of God and it's, it's, you know, sanity does return. And this is how, this is how I react so long as I keep in fit spiritual condition. And so, um, today I'm grateful to have a program that teaches me how to live with direct guidance and, um, steps to take, to get me out of myself. Um, I'm grateful to not be eating driving around town, racing, obsessively thinking about food to try to get the next thing or to, you know, obsessively weighing myself. And today I'm just grateful to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit. And um, thanks for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you so much, Abby, for your share. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, Sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time's up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Lisa, you can unmute. Hi, thank you so much, Abby. Awesome talk. I appreciate that. So many things you said. Um, I wondered if you would just go over um, the four star apology and can you tell us like how you put that on a first grade level and use that in your classroom. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lisa. I love you. Um, so I had uh, number one is make eye contact. Number two was is state. I am sorry for number three is next time I will. And number four is, is there anything I can do to make it up to you? And it's very similar to how I did my amends, except like instead of eye contact, it was like ask for permission. And um, then number two was like state my wrongs. Number three was make restitution. Number four was like, is there anything else? And so it's, it's like first grade language. And it is so, it is so cute to see them using a four-star apology with each other. Elizabeth, you can unmute. Hi, everybody. I'm Elizabeth. Abby, thank you so much. I 
super resonated with a lot of what you shared um, in my experience. And really the question that I actually have is around like the circumstances that you find yourself to make step 10s conducive. Like you talk about, you were talking about kind of the way that you've created a spiritual life and like your routines of like prayer and meditation. And when you're not in that state, then it, it, it kind of makes it hard to do this step, step 10. And then you kind of, you know, lose that flow. So I guess what I'd like to ask is, a little bit about like your process of how you came to the conditions um, that create that flow where you're regularly doing step 10 and like perhaps what changes you felt you had to make like to your routine or um, to, to allow for that like state where you felt you could easily do step 10. I'm not sure if I'm asking my question correctly, but I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Uh, hope you understand what I'm trying to get at. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. I'll try to answer it. And if I don't answer your question, just let me know. But um, um, I when I early on in recovery, I got up early, I started getting up early. So I made space before I did anything in my day to do prayer and meditation. Um, it started with like, all I could sit still was like two minutes. And then now it's like a half hour. I pray and I meditate in the morning and then um, like a half hour to 40 minutes. I, I pray and then I get on my knees and pray. Someone told me early on to, to do that. And I don't know, I've just been doing that. Um, and then I make a gratitude list. I, read a couple daily readers and then I set my timer and meditate and I leave enough time in the morning first of all everything's packed the night before my lunch my breakfast everything's packed the night before so I can just grab it um I get ready for work I take care of my dog in the morning and then I leave enough time to make sure that I can do 10 steps in the morning usually most times I wake up with some like something I need to take care of before work. So I'll leave enough time to do a 10 step. And then um, I get on the vision for you meeting at seven. I listen to that as I'm like, well, now I have a sponsee call. Um, sometimes I don't have a sponsee call in the morning, but I listen to the vision meeting as I'm getting ready in my classroom. And, um, and then I do have some breaks throughout the day. Like at lunch, I always sit down and I'm just, I pray before my meal. And um, it's always like, I turn, sometimes I turn the lights off and I like got my heater going under my desk. And I'm just like, sometimes I shut the door. Like I need that like break. And then um, sometimes I'll, if it's, if it's a, if it's a hard day, like I'll do a 10 step, like on my lunch or on my um, prep time in the afternoon. Most of the time I, um, we'll do a 10, I'll do my 10 steps like in the evening. And then sometimes I'll have like meetings or, um, there's a couple days where I have like scheduled exercises I go to. And so, or I'll work with sponsees in the evening, but most of the time it's, uh, and then the weekends, it's just like, oh, un, un, 
unscheduled time, it's like I could do anywhere from zero to like four, 10 steps in a day. Like it, it, I, I, I don't really know when something's going to crop up, but I try to get away. Uh, when I first started dating my fiance, it was really hard. Cause I was like, how am I going to tell him that I need to like step away? Especially if it's like the resentment is him. And like, what if we're in the car together, like on a trip, like, how do I do this? And I've just navigated each one of those like circumstances. Like I just have found a way and now it's better. Trust me. It's, it's, he knows it's better if I just make the phone call than if I just try to like power through the day, holding on to a resentment Gentle reminder. So that's it. Thanks. Amy L you're next. Unmute. Hi everyone. Amy L um, compulsive eater exercise bulimic. Grateful to be here. And uh, thank you so much, Abby. I, I was watching you and thinking of um, the line in the big book, um, you know, faith without works is dead. Um, I, I have, for those who don't know, I called Abby, I think just the day before yesterday because somebody had to cancel and it's inconvenient. It's, you know, most people wanna schedule speaking like weeks in advance. It's inconvenient to show up and to show up with love and integrity. And that's what I think of in the 10th step. Man, is it inconvenient to do this every day. And yet, you know, what do I get when I'm willing? Um, you know, I think of all the time I frittered away in my disease. I, I can still fritter away time, but you know, I have this way of uh, this action plan that I'm accountable, like that's so different for me. I was never accountable. It was what I could get away with thinking I, I was actually getting away with anything when I was just hurting myself and hurting people I cared about. So I, I wanted to share, I had an experience on the weekend where I did something, I had a very knee jerk reaction to my husband. I mean, I clearly got super triggered I went from A to Z in a flash. And I couldn't just push it under like I used to. And I couldn't just weave a story about why I did it. So I did the 10th step. And I love that we get to look at our selfishness, dishonesty, self-seeking, and fear. You know, because I'm all, dishonesty for me is the story. Like, what is the story I'm believing? What is the that it's not real often. And I ended up doing something I've never done, but I, I asked my husband, I said, I wanna make amends and he's very familiar with that. And I said, how would you feel if I read you what I wrote? I won't say the prayer part because he doesn't do that. He said, of course. And so I read what I wrote. I read how I was selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, afraid. And then I read my fears. And, um, and then I asked him, is there anything I can do for you? And it was a beautiful exchange. And to me, that's how that God works through these steps because he got to know me in a different way. He get, I mean, we've been together 26 years and we still get to know each other 
get to know each other more deeply. And I'm just so grateful for that. So anyway, thank you for being here, everyone. Um, I pass. Thanks, Amy. We'll now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording?